Welcome to the Watch OK Please podcast, a podcast where three friends try to convince each other to devote what little time they have left to watch more TV and or movies than they've ever wanted to watch. Please join us while we argue about our media cues and waste everyone's valuable time on things that just don't matter. Watchers, it's Dan, and thank you for joining us on another episode of the Watch OK Please podcast. It's a little surreal that we're already at 53 episodes. Thanks for sticking with us. We kick off our season two with my pitch of The Courier, a historical spy fiction released in 2020 and available to stream via Amazon Prime Video. Expect a recap of famous historical fiction and spy flicks, the Connery Moore Bond debate, and some other shenanigans. We wish to apologize for any audio cutoffs and garbles for which we did our best to smooth over for your listening experience. When you hit us up on our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page, you'll probably get a possibly informative or witty response from one of us if that's the thing you want. Finally, if you have a show or movie you want us to watch, please leave us a voicemail on our Anchor page at anchor.fm slash watchokplease. Alright, watchers, let's make it the cold wear and end this intro so we can covertly cover this pitch. <laughs> All right, watchers, welcome back. And this is Dan. I'm here with another pitch. And surprisingly enough, it is not science fiction. It is not animation of any sort. It is a genre that I occasionally go to on uh, randomly, but this time just came, happened upon me by accident. So friend of the show, Callisto, from the Everyday Geeks Discord and, and elsewhere, the community over there, she does occasionally do streaming parties where will kind of co-watch various different you know, random movies. Like Glory Comes to Mind was, was an awesome watch party because I haven't seen that movie in years and I, re- I forgot how much I really enjoyed that, that movie. But speaking of movies like that, we're talking more in the lines of historical fiction. Now, I did not have to go view 14,605 futures like Doctor Strange to find this movie, which is very nice. But it does have Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, Okay. Maybe start thinking a lot about historical fictions in general. Like, you know, what else out there kind of is comparable in the, to this movie that I'm about to talk about? And you know, I had to go back to a couple lists, and like, so Schindler's List came up, King's Speech, Amistad, Argo, Gangs of New York, and then you have like all like the, the Greco-Roman stuff, you know, out there that it's like you know, tent- loosely based on various different things. And there's a whole bunch of Chinese or Japanese or Korean movies that are based on various different points of potential people from warring states era and other kinds of major eras in those major dynasties out there. So it's very interesting. Like, so for example, you've got, you know, it man one and two are actually both based on, on stories, for example, for those of you who are into that, you know, that, that kind of genre. So there's a lot out there in, in this, that regard. So, but now aside from that random, you know, genre based tangent, (laughs) now back to the actual pitch. So 2020 was a weird year and this movie totally slipped under my radar. Usually, if it has someone that I follow even remotely because of Sherlock, because of the MCU, you think I would have come across this movie completely fell under my radar. The movie is The Courier. The Courier is was was a historical spy film that was uh, directed by Dominic Cook, written by Tom O'Connor. There are some other familiar faces that acting-wise that show up in it. You will see Rachel Brosnahan, for those of you who are Maisel fans. So she's in this as well. And there's a couple other actors that, you, you'll, that will, you'll come across on how and how they interact here. So the the premise behind this basically is is that Benedict Cumberbatch basically pays a international businessman 
and he kind of gets recruited into assisting the intelligence community with getting intelligence from Russia via another person from Russia, basically. So, and it starts really that simple. And then basically, but you do, there is a lot of interesting ways that the movie kind of addresses the actual events that transpired with everything that happened here. So these are, these is all based on actual real events. Obviously some Liberty lines that are spoken, obviously are not exact, obviously not exact to that extent, but you know, this is really neat where you kind of do a rip from the headlines, but you know, from way back when, (laughs) during the cold war and whatnot to me that is you know that the setting is really kind of neat because i mean i do like cold war-esque type of kind of stuff as well you know i studied a lot about it you in college since it was you know still just on the back of our you know our heads back back in the late 90s if you will uh, post fall of the ussr so it's on there but what i really love about this movie is the cast of characters that are there and i like to think they do, they do justice to the story the movie kind of flies along like really 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 quickly and it's, you know, it only it's, it's 111 minutes. So we're talking under two hours here. And I was surprised at how much like the movie kind of flew for me in that regard. And I think it was the character interactions that all occur here from you know, Benedict Cumberbatch's character through the Soviet characters, through the British and American characters that show up in this. I think there's a lot of obviously intrigue because there's, there's a lot at stake here and whatnot. And they do follow through the whole course of the story through the and they give you the, the bit of the epilogue at the end like you might get in some of these historical fiction type movies it surprised me you know because i don't fall back on the genre that often like i mentioned but i was very surprised at how much i really really enjoyed this film because like i said it, it, it was tight the i thought the acting was great i thought the writing was great and i think that there's gives you kind of a different kind of picture to another point in our, our history in our time as it relates to things. Although there are some obviously modern comparison you can do to certain Russian entities right now. So (laughs) you can, you can take, you can take with that, if you will, any which way you like. So I just, just to be clear, I would not be putting it on for you. Oh no. I, I mean, you made it this far without a Putin bun. Like that's impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's up to you, sir. Well, this is, this is why we need to, you know, if I could, I'd, I'd insert like the family guy clip here. Don't, Quit don't, Stalin don't, and show us your marks. Don't, don't mention like, Putin. We're going to get thrown out a window or something. You know? <laughs> do I cruise, Chef? I'm only on the second floor. I'll live. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I don't want to give too much more away. There are some, like, obviously more, you know, thrust in details you learn along the way here during the course of the story. But that's kind of like the, the, the long and short of it. So is this like a British version of Bridge of Spies? It's not, it's not too far off of that. Um, I, I like to think this is a little more personal mm. than that in some ways. I think, I think you do get a little bit more of how the situation affects the different families that are involved as well. Because you, you, don't, you don't get just like the point of view of people involved in the espionage, right? They're all the people that are associated with the situation and how they interact with and how there's definitely a struggle i feel to understand the humanity behind the situation because when you're doing espionage there's so much at stake because if you are caught you know there are 99 percent of cases if you are caught you lose your life at some point even if it's either you're rotting away in 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 a gulag or you're being executed, assassinated, whatever you would call it. So that those are the things that normally happen. Those are the stakes that happen during the Cold War, and in, and in some cases still happen today, in in various different countries in the world. So 
it, I think that there is a lot of, like I said, struggle with doing what's right, quote unquote, morally, ethically, and also what makes someone make that kind of decision to say, hey, I'm going to put myself on the line and do this. Mm. I honestly, when I saw that you were going to pitch a movie called The Courier, I was really hoping it would just be about the history of tracking numbers. Because <laughs> I, love, I love a good tracking number, whether it's the USPS super long series of digits that just go yep. on that no one could possibly memorize, or kind of some of the short and sweet FedEx Fed tracking number, or just sort of the in-between. UPS starts off with like a number, a couple of letters, and it goes straight into a bunch of numbers. <laughs> but I guess that's not this, huh? Yeah, I mean, we can definitely talk about white lines a little bit. I know a little bit about that tangentially with other divisions I work with at work with regards to forms and form entry and, and automation <laughs> of, of paper to paper to digital. But no, yeah. That's the <laughs> movie I want to see with Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I feel like it'd be Benedict Cumberbatch and then some like, like you know, be someone else like really random would have to be in it. Some other like, guy with crazy intense energy. To kind of would, be a Brian Cox, friend. I just, I'm, I'm Brian Cox would be amazing. That, <laughs> yeah. would, that combo would be money. As the angry <laughs> postmaster or something. Yes. You know? he plays Lewis Why isn't this package out? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, God. God. Take my money. Take my money right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> People listening out there, write this movie, make it happen, and I will gladly pay money for it. <laughs> I'll go to the theater for that for sure. Wait, honestly, Brian Cox has such a weird filmography from super troopers to succession like they, i think he'd do it i think he would produce the movie brian cox is in super troopers yeah he plays the chief. the chief i don't remember that at all it's it's been years since i've seen that movie oh it's and, worth the rewatch oh my goodness i recommend that you know under the influence of anything is makes the movie even more enjoyable in my opinion <laughs> You know, Brian, since we're talking about Brian Cox, you know, like one of his earliest movie roles was playing Hannibal Lecter. Oh. He played Hannibal Lecter before Anthony Hopkins played Hannibal Lecter. Was that in Red Dragon? Like the, the TV version? Or? No, it was in, there's a Michael Mann, oh, I forget what it's called, but it was directed by Michael Mann. And it was the the movie, it was the book before Silence of the Lambs. They made into a movie. I want to say it was late 80s. Uh, yeah, I know I didn't see this, but I had heard about it. Yeah, it's ringing a bell, but I realized Brian Cox was in that. Oh, wild. Okay. Yeah, wild. yeah. I might have to go back and see that at some point. And eventually, if you guys don't end up watching it before we get to it, I will pitch Succession because yeah. it is it is kind of a crime against humanity that you have, neither of you have seen it yet. I, I've seen watching. Succession. Oh you, oh, you have seen it? I, I've seen Succession. Oh, okay, yeah. never mind. But yeah, Brian Cox is brilliant. This that would be a great movie. Are there is there anything specific about the Courier that you think appeals to either Jason or I? Aside from Benedict Cumberbatch, obviously who, who we all you know know and, and digest in various different forms, and obviously Rachel Brosnahan, I mentioned. I, I think that a lot of us have grown up with various different spy movies and series as as a subgenre, if you will. I feel like there's a lot that we have interacted with whether regardless it's mission possible the modern mission possible mind you to james bond to you know other types of spy you know kind of interactions i think that that is kind of culturally unique to kind of our generation because we have lived through all of this starting from our teenage years moving on through our adult years and i think that that is one aspect of it i think secondarily we all have worked in various different realms of business we've interacted with people from 
all over the world in, in our various different endeavors. And I know Nyan has had odd calls of people in Belgium at random points. <laughs> I think the international element, I think, I, I think also would appeal as well. And having kind of more that level of interaction. And even though these people are transposed by time and by phase or by time period, you know, especially with the Cold War involved, I think there are some universal traits that I think that you, know, you could appeal to various different characters here. Gotcha. I kind of dip in and out of the genre a little bit because I, growing up, my dad rewatched James Bond movies constantly. Mm. Like, yep. they were always on too. So, <laughs> they yeah, pulled, like, Spike TV. Yeah, pretty much. It was, was, he, was he a Roger Moore or Sean Connery? Uh... I think he was more Roger Moore, and that may have been because of Octopussy taking place in India, and then that being like, kind oh, of I see. Genre. That's what got him. It's like, oh, I see. There's a movie uh, about India coming out. You know, <laughs> it's called Octopussy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's funny. I had the exact same experience as a child, except for my dad was all about Sean Connery and wouldn't acknowledge oh. Roger Moore as ever being James Bond. Oh, wow. For him, those were like spoofs of James Bond movies. I mean, let, let alone the other Bonds. Well, we're old enough that we barely had any other Bonds. Like, you know, now we've had like a few more, but you know. We had, I mean, we had Dalton probably growing up. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah we had Dalton who, what did he do? Two movies? And George Lazen, Lazenby who did one. And one movie. And they just pretended to right? Yeah. And then, and then after Dalton was Brosnan, so that was kind of college. Golden Eye was around college time, so yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I miss that game though. Oh God, for the N sixty four. Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. Playing with playing with mines or with Golden Gun. Oh, those are the times. Yeah, I'm trying to. there's a lot that we've grown up with in that regard, and there are other, you know, spy. You know, obviously you had more comedic points, like with you know. Austin Powers and with it's coming back to me, Johnny English, Johnny English. There it is. So you had Johnny English with uh, you know, Mr. You know, Rowan Atkinson, aka Mr. Bean. So he he did a series. Of, it was three movies actually, and I think I, I thought I hadn't seen the third movie, and then I think I did see the third movie when I saw it again. So it was really really weird. There were three Johnny English movies. Yep, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there were three. Oh, my reaction too. <laughs> <laughs> You bring up Mr. Bean, and I'm like, I'm familiar with his work. Okay. <laughs> yes. I can't get that into it. I, I, I know people who are obsessed with him, and yes. I, I respect his talent. Just, it's yes. not for me. <laughs> he's funny in like little doses, you know, yeah. when he's in like other movies, he's kind of right. funny. But I've never actually watched an entire Rowan Atkinson movie. Too much. Right. Too much. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you yeah. on that completely. Well, yeah. Well, it's funny because you know Austin Powers is like, it's like similar, but yet not at the same time. It's, that's that's very funny about that kind of thing in the spy genre there. But then you have a more recent movie, the the one with with Mila Kunis uh, that was released on Hulu. I actually so, had actually wait the spy who dumped yeah, me. Hulu. They're the like who dumped me. Yeah. Would, wait, what? The, the spy who dumped me. That's right. I, I can remember the name of it. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of other like random spy kids, all these other different things out there that have existed. So it's very interesting. So the movies you're mentioning here, though, as references, you've either got James Bond is obviously, you know, action and, you know, it's spying, but it's on the goofier end. Romanticized, for sure. Yeah, it's exactly. And then you're mentioning like all these spoofs of spy movies. So I'm just saying it's really interesting spread how this works out because this. It leans more into the historical 
part of spying and what actually occurred in human history as opposed to 100% fiction. Although there was that there is that one one uh, thing that happened where 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 MI brought in Ian Fleming to help them create a fake bunch of intel and they basically found a a corpse and they handcapped the corpse's arm to a briefcase and they yeah. let it drift onto the French beaches so the Germans would purposely pick up and get all this load of false intel, which they think is actual real intel because it was attached and handcuffed to an arm. So it was a whole operation. It, it was, to, I believe it was to throw off D-Day, if I recall. Right. Yeah. They, they had a whole thing and they made it seem like there was an agent who was transporting secret information. Right. And in fact, I think it wasn't France. I think it was Spain. Because he thought it would seem a little too obvious if he was caught in France. But if it was caught in Spain, they assumed that Spain would then leak it to Germany. Right. And they'd be like, well, there's no reason they'd make that up. That is uh, sort of a crazy story there. Yeah. So, okay. So, Benedict Cumberbatch, does he get an exploding pen? Does he get <laughs> a uh, car with machine guns in the headlights, an ejector seat in the car? He does more to facilitate transfer of information so he doesn't do so much of the gadgets himself but okay. he facilitates everything to get the intelligence basically back mm. okay. so i mean i guess it it seems to fall if i if it was more into like jean the car stuff like yep. tinker taylor so, soldier spy mm. that kind of stuff yes which yeah I, that stuff i'll watch on a plane but i don't tend to go on my way for it so i'm curious to see if this will kind of pique my interest yeah, I was just generally surprised by it because you know, I said this ordinarily would not kind of pique my fancy. When I was younger, I used to be engrossed watching various different, you know, smaller pieces of historical coverage, whether on the History Channel or elsewhere. And, you know, and, and every once in a while, I would enjoy some of Ken Burns on occasion. The Civil War one for me was just I can't, you know, that for me was you know amazing. So but, you know, other than that, you know, I don't I don't dip that often into this genre of historical fiction and then the fact that you get the spy batcher up on it, it just it just adds a little bit of a, a flair to it if you will i mean the, the other thing that comes to mind that i guess isn't necessarily the same thing as munich but oh, you mentioned mm, argo before mm, i think as well yeah argo isn't it yeah argo argo is great. so maybe it's time munich is another, another great example actually yeah i didn't think about munich yeah because because that there's a there's a lot uh, of stories there and, and i think there's mm. a, i mean honestly there's a lot of untold stories from israeli independence that people don't talk about you know i think that even even if they were to go back and they were to do stories with see it's Rabin. so for those of you who don't know uh, there are a lot of people who are integral to modern israeli history that actually did a lot of pseudo guerrilla slash spy slash soldier work and there's a lot of stories out there that you know they may have been told internationally but we might not have seen on our side here as it relates to the creation of the, of the state of israel so you know again there's a lot of and it's not just that one country i believe almost every country has a story to tell in that regard regardless if it's romania battling its way to bring democracy uh into its country you know which is more kind of you know for our when we were growing up if you will post you know ussr fallout but there's so many stories out there that could have equal amounts of gravitas if it's you know written right directed right yeah, there's actually one on my list that kind of it, 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 that's based in India. That it's not exactly the same because it's a little bit more modern. Uh, it's called Sacred Dames on Netflix. I'll probably picture one of these days. Ooh, but um, cool. I mean, that was that was one that I, I really got into. Um, okay. Ended up watching it with my aunt 
like we just because she just happened to be around that one weekend she only watches like indian stuff all the time and so it was like i could leave on the subtitles and keep on the hindi and we were both interested so nice it's kind of a good time so did uh, did she bring samosas though Oh, samosas are just constantly cooking once they show up. There like, you go. It's just, a con- it's just like a conveyor belt of samosas coming out of the kitchen. We just said we, we all have very good memories of the samosas. That's all. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> They're so good. I, I need to go get some. Cool. Regardless if you're Russian, British, or American, hopefully you'll take something from this and not you know dig, dig too much into uh, various different events that actually happened. And you know hopefully just have a good time enjoying it. <clears throat> I promise. Yeah. No more puns. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Well, that happened, folks, which uh, brings us to the end of another episode of the Watch OK Please podcast. We hope you had a good time listening to us spout more nonsense today and hope you join us next week for another exercise in utility. In the meantime, please rate and review us on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or just tell a friend about us. Until next week, keep on watching. <laughs>